Hello, this is the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast, and I'm your host, Jill Weber. Well, hi, everybody. I am here with my friend, Daniel Grothy. I'm really excited to have a chat with you, Daniel. Daniel is the Associate Senior Pastor at New Life uh, Church in Colorado Springs. You've been there 16 years, right? Yes, ma'am. Coming up on 17. It's, it's a good flow. Yeah. And, and you're also a hobby farmer. I, I have to say, I, you know, I follow you on social media and stuff and I have barn envy. I've been watching your barn come up and I've been like scheming and dreaming about what we could do here at Waverly Abbey with the barn. And yeah. Uh, so you live there with your family, but also some friends. Yes. We bought a, an old homestead ranch from a family that owned it for a hundred years, which I know in the UK is like, oh, bless their heart. But in, in the in the States, a hundred years is a long time. And <laughs> yeah, we have my sister and brother-in-law and their four kids and another family and their four kids. And so there's 11 kids from 15 years old down to eight years old, all running around together growing up. So we're having fun. That is amazing. Um, Daniel's also the author of a book that's going to be coming out in the UK soon called The Power of Place, Choosing Stability in a Rootless Age. And so uh, I really enjoyed reading the book. I grabbed it on Kindle as soon as it came out and and just felt, Daniel, that, that the message that you're carrying around the wisdom of stability uh, will be really helpful for us in the order of the mustard seed. So I know you're a longstanding friend of 24-7 Prayer. And, uh, and have spoken into our movement in lots of ways. And so just really grateful to have the opportunity to chat with you today. So the feelings mutual. The feelings mutual. <laughs> Great. Let's talk about uh, stability and in particular, the monastic vow of stability. So what, what is that and where did that come from and why is it important? Well, in about uh, basically the first 500 years of the church was a theological debate. <laughs> a one long standing Jesus Christ, this, this, this man born of the Virgin who was running around the wilderness and taking care of the poor and crucified under the Roman uh, Empire. On the third day, he was no longer dead and they watched him ascend to the right hand. Here we go game on so for 500 years they're going well who is this guy and what does it mean and like how much god is he and how much man is he and and so they finally figured it out uh, nicaea they hammered out the details in 325 ish and uh, then circled back in 381 but in 500 this guy rose up in italy and uh, saint benedict and he said okay let's get back to the basics i know we've been in this big conversation for a really long time but do you remember that we were supposed to be always supposed to be a people that made a dent in our places? And do you remember that Jesus Christ is not some uh, spirit hovering over the, you know, throughout the ether, the sprinkling fairy dust of salvation from the heavenly balconies? He is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he walked the dusty roads and they knew him and he went to synagogue on on Friday nights and Saturdays like he w- as was his custom and his parents took him to church on his eighth day and circumcised him right there with the people who knew them like Jesus Christ is Lord and the way he is Lord is by moving into a particular place with the gift of salvation and Jesus said go <laughs> like all right go do it now you carry it and 
Um, so saints have always taken vows, but I just knew the vow of obedience to scripture. I just knew the vow of chastity with sexuality. I just knew the vow of charity with money. But I didn't know that the first vow that saints of old would take was the vow of stability in place. That I'm going to find my place, find my people, try to die there. I'm going to put down roots. I'm not going to bounce around. And Benedict was reacting to the gyro vagues in his day. Gyro meaning around, vagus meaning like on the move. They, they bounced around and they were spiritual couch surfers going from one ecstatic experience to the other and oh there's the revival or there's the move of God and let's hop over here and let's go to Alexandria and let's go to Carthage and these people looked up after 20 years and they had n nothing to show for it except for a bunch of spiritual highs and so Benedict said quit that uh, fall back in love with your places and Jesus Christ will be Lord as his people take root in particular places so why is it important today it's important today because we're living in a similar moment of we got gyro vagues hopping all over the globe and and it's okay I'm not romanticizing place there will be times when we move uh, Abraham and Sarah get out of here let's go yeah. I got something new for you um, fine I get that but even even then uh, Jesus sent people out, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost bounds. Even then, they established houses of stability that became uh, the gift for their community. So we're living in an age of wanderlust. We're living in an age where, uh, I'll just call it the age of disincarnation. And Jesus Christ is the word incarnate. And I think he's calling us in our age of disincarnation to to come back and to root down. So talk back to me there. What, what are you hearing? What do you think? Well, I, I'm thinking John 1 and a lovely message translation. Uh, word became flesh, moved into the neighborhood. You know, I love that. Tabernacled amongst us, neighbored us, and was with us in that place. And um, yeah, no, definitely have seen that certainly in, in church culture. Um, it's harder. Yeah. It's harder, isn't it? To land somewhere and stay there. Absolutely, it's harder. The easiest thing to do when life gets difficult or relationships grow complex or people are frustrating us or people don't see the genius in us that we think we, you know, prophets <laughs> not honored. a prophet is not honored. I'm going I'm going to find a new place where they're going to discover what God put. No, the, the fruit of the spirit actually gets born in us. Uh, none of the fruit of the spirit grow in isolation. The fruit of the Spirit grow as love, as you love people that are difficult, and you're joyful when you want to be angry with people, and you're, you're peaceful in a, in a world of, in a community of chaos, and, and you're patient with uh, these, all these people who just are difficult. And by the way, I am too. I am difficult too. <laughs> and, and so the fruit of the Spirit, as we stay, it gets born in us. And I, I say in the book that um, people are the great purifiers. And if you want to become a saint, if the Lord allows you, stay where you are for decades. Yeah. And if you, I, I don't trust people who show up in their old age and they've got a bunch of new friends. I just don't, I don't trust 70 year olds who made friends two years, you know, and, and it makes me look at their life and go, what, how did you live in such a way that you weren't able to travel with people over the decades and arrive at the end and cross the finish line with people who've known you for 20, 30, 40 years? 
And um, so to me, I, I think it is the more difficult way, and this is why the, the monks... Uh, the the saints of old have said, look, if you'll do this, if you'll learn to forgive quickly, if you'll learn to, to lay down your preferences, if you'll learn to turn the other cheek and stay in one place, you'll, you'll make each other saints. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Solomon wasn't being precious. That is really difficult work. Uh, <laughs> but if you will submit to it, you'll become a, a, a clear and clean and, and pure saint. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. And part of it too, I think, I think I really appreciated the bit in your book. How do we discover our place? You know, I mean, some of us were, were there already. Some of us are on a journey of discovery towards that. And you, you, you give us some principles to help us in that discovery of place. Do you want to unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah, I, I used to be a college and 20 somethings pastor and I talk with, I'm 39. So I'm, I'm just kind of old enough to be an older brother and that has lived a little bit, you know, I've lost my hair and they, there's some sort of respect that they give to an old man at 39. A little, little bit of gray in that beard there, Daniel. <laughs> but I'm young enough to still relate, right? So these college and 20-somethings, they'll say to me, and it's, it's really a human question, like, how do I know where to go? If I'm having to decide, if I'm in a, a season of a, a change coming, how do I know? So I created this little acronym that it, it's not airtight, nothing is. Uh, but uh, but I think it's a helpful guide. So it's D R O P S drops. So the first part of the acronym is desire. There are certain places that I have zero desire to live. <laughs> I look at the map and I just think, God Almighty, have mercy on those people, and, and you know that have to live there, and they're living there just loving life. And well, God has made them beautifully and uniquely in such a way that that is their place. I I just know. Getting out of bed in the morning, there's certain places I don't want to live. There are some places that you just go, whoa, what is that? You, you come into a new city and your, your, your heart is strangely warmed. I just want to be here. Something in me is nurtured and nourished and enlivened. So desire, like God will give you the desires of your heart, not the objects of your desires. This isn't wish fulfillment, prosperity gospel stuff. Oh, I, I just want a Porsche. No, God will give you the desires. Like, I want to be in Colorado Springs. So pay attention to what your desire is doing in you. As you honor the Lord, he'll purify your desires, and those desires will be more trustworthy. Second thing, relationships. I hesitate to go, you know, Jesus sent them out two by two. And Acts 13, Paul and Silas, they're in there praying. And, and it's Paul and Silas, right? Or was it Paul and Barnabas? Acts 13. And the Holy Spirit said, right? Set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. There it is. And they sent them out, laid hands on them. Well, Paul wasn't some lone ranger. He's running around with Priscilla and Aquila. Like, we have to be related to saints as we travel on the journey. So uh, if you're going to a place, one Colorado Springs was attractive to us because there were a few people out here that we loved and trusted. And we thought if God has blessed them here and established them here, and if, and if they thought that this was a place that they could root down, well, maybe we could too. So desire relationships, opportunity, pay attention to opportunity. I would be hesitant to go somewhere where there wasn't at least the 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 opportunity the imagination for a life that could unfold there but we came here because we had job offers uh, people said yeah 
come on out and start start small here and build with us and so if God is opening up a door of opportunity for you somewhere, but you, you just want to run away from that, but there's no other opportunities elsewhere, I would just pay attention to opportunity. The fourth thing is purpose. Uh, you got to go to a place where you have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Like God has made me in such a way that my giftings need to be expressed. I need to be able to to give what God has given me. And if, if there's a place that stands out to you and you have desire for it and some relationships, some opportunity and your purpose, the, 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 the mark that God has put on you can be expressed there. Pay attention. And then the final thing is skills. Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I come from, they, they need lots of oil field workers. If, if you're a gritty salt of the earth, you, you got tools and you know how to work like, okay, let's go. Nashville needs great musicians, world-class musicians. And okay, if that's you, well, maybe that, that there's going to be a disproportionate chance that that might be a place for you. And uh, so pay attention to where your skills can be really uh, used. So it's not, a, it's not a perfect acronym, but I think as you're thinking about a move, it might be a helpful framework. Yeah, no, that's really interesting because as you were going through that acronym, I was I was sort of ticking the boxes because I had been working into a community in Hamilton and had been, you know, with them in that context and that community for 17 years when the Lord, you know, said, all right, honey, it's time to, you know, to move on, which was so initially I had said, no, you know, I, the, my blood, sweat and tears are in the ground of Hamilton, Ontario. Like, I, and it's only just starting to get good here. I'm not going, <laughs> you know, and the Lord just made it really clear, but but as I go through all of that, the desire, relationships, opportunity, purpose, and skill, I'm like, yep, 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 yep. So just really, really helpful framework. So finding our place is one thing. Let's talk about loving our place. I I, I, I really learned this from my friend Aaron White, who leads yes. a community in the downtown east side in Vancouver as part of our 24-7 family. One of the first times I visited his community, which is like six blocks by six blocks and 10,000 addicts. Like wow. it really looks like the scene from a zombie apocalypse movie. It's <laughs> no, no word of a lie. Like it is horrific. And, and he, what he does with people is he takes them on, he calls them tours of beauty. Yes. And so he'll take you on a tour through that neighborhood and he will show you all the beautiful places and where God is at work. And he says, if you don't love this place, right. you're not going to fight for it. So I've never forgotten that a tour of beauty. Yes. I remember walking with Eugene Peterson at his place in Lakeside, Montana, years and years ago. I, I took 10 trips with him and Eugene, he would, we would go on these walks and he would pick up pine cones and, and there's, he'd pick up two different pine cones and he'd go, well, now this is this kind of pine cone. And let me tell you why it's called this name, because the, the Indians that lived here, they had a fable about it and a tale. And he would tell me the tale. And, and then he goes, now this pine cone is, is, is called this. And here's the story behind it. And this tree noticed that and there's the Smiths and they've lived here for 43 years and their children are called. And like, Saints are those who live in the particularity of God's blessing. Tell me more about that. I don't love women in general. Yeah. I love Lisa Carol Wakely Grothy, born on May 27th, 1981, <laughs> 5'9", a woman of God, curly hair. She's just, I, I love the particularity of Lisa. And we, we, we rebuke people who love in general. 
Mm-hmm. That's a problem. We, 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 call, we, we are called to love in particular. Um, Wendell Berry, he talks about the art of placemaking. And finding out where you are, knowing its story, and then building a life that is responsive to the history that has gone before you, and building a life that's in sync with that toward the future. And we we beautify a place. And uh, George Arthur Buttrick, one of the great preachers of uh, the 1900s here in the States, New York City, kind of the Presbyterian preaching seat, he said, don't ever write a sermon before walking the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And you have to know the single mom that's got the two kids that are just living on the brink and they're praying, give us this day our daily bread. And they mean it literally. And don't you dare stand up to preach the generic word of God. The word doesn't come out generically. It becomes enfleshed as you walk the neighborhood. And so uh, the saints are always from somewhere. And... Um, do you know the story of the particular beauty God has given you? Have you paid attention? Annie Dillard, she's the, she's the matron saint of just paying attention. And I think, I think that is our Christian call to, to tell the good story, the good news of Jesus Christ of Nazareth into the context of our local, small, particular, quirky places and when we do that, when we live this tour of beauty that you tell about uh, from Vancouver, uh, I, think, I think we have a chance of seeing the kingdom established in our particular places. Yeah, you're right. Love makes a big difference when it gets small. Yes. I love that. I love, I love that line. I'm so happy I can say I wrote that. <laughs> if you had told me you wrote that, I would believe that, Jill, because you're a writer. Love makes a difference, a big difference when it gets small. It's just right. I, I can't change the world, but I can change Lillian Wilson and Wakely and Lisa, and I can change the particular single moms in our congregation. We can make a dent for our people. And we think about uh, Mother Teresa as some like global icon. No, 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 no. She was Teresa of Calcutta who lived in a particular convent who saw one day she was on her knees in prayer looking out the window in this horrific slum. And she saw a single person in the ditch dying of a a flesh-eating disease. And the Spirit of the Lord woke her up, and she never recovered from that moment. And she went out in that ditch and brought that person in. And 50 years later, we're talking about Teresa of Calcutta. But it started with, love makes a big difference when it gets really small. Yeah. I even think of Heidi Baker, the work she's done in Mozambique and her impact globally. She's always like, stop for the one. Yes. You stop for the one. Yeah. Yes. That's all about the one. So let's let's just move on a little bit. And I want to talk about you've got a whole chapter on stability and friendship. So for us in the context of the order of the mustard seed, once we take our vows in the order, we're encouraged then to get in these little friendship groups. We call them Kimbrogi, which is a Welsh term is there's sort of companions of the heart where we would then you know maybe once a month touch base with each other and and not so much tick the boxes in terms of what have you done what have you not done but but just have an inquiry together it's like how is God inviting us to live into the vows that we've made and the practices that we're cultivating and paying attention to the presence and the activity of God as he's shaping and forming us on our way together. But, but, yes. but building those little 
you know, triplets of two or three people and just saying, okay, you guys, you're going to be um, companions on that journey. Talk to me about stability and friendship and what that can, can bring to us. Jesus said, when you go into a city, look for the person of peace. Um, we Christians are called to love. We have the responsibility to love. But the saints of old talked about the divine flow of love, which is, you know, when you're talking with someone that you've just met and you go, I don't know who you are and I love you. I, just, <laughs> I, just, I love you. I, I can't even tell you why. I just know something in me is moved. Like, you have to pay attention to the, the resonances. There's a frequency in each soul. <laughs> and I think the Lord, the Lord has made us and fitted us together uh, in this beautiful, the body of Christ, should the foot say to the hand, like this, this, this imagery of many members, but one body. And there's going to be like localized connections that know how to work well together. And so there's something going on in the elbow and, and, and the surrounding region that needs to make the elbow possible. So like there's certain people that I, I think, man, we fit. We, there's a, there's a, a symbiosis there, a communion there, a, a fellowship of the heart there. And you will not make it on the Christian way. If you don't have people that you are insinuated, your lives are insinuated together, you just won't. I, I, I collapse. And when, when the bottom falls out, when circumstances get difficult, what do I do? I pick up the phone and I call Guile Smith in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I call, I, there are just people that I go to their house, I drive to their place. Why? Because they are my people. So I'm called to love but there are people for whom the Spirit has given me a divine flow of love and with whom. And um, that's the stuff that I think makes us rich. A lot of times people talk about the good life in terms of financial capital. And I'm just here to blow that framework up and say, no, it's social capital that makes you rich. It's, uh, the, there's people in the global south who live on 20 cents a day and they have nothing and they are deeply happy and, and completely joyful because they have their people, the people living in the bush in Africa. And they've got multi-generational relationships and aging grandparents have their little grandchildren running into the mud hut to check up on them. And, and their parents and children in between, like, and, and, and we go, we, we look at our bank accounts and go, how am I doing? No, <laughs> no. Look at your friendships and ask, how are you doing? And it, it, I think it is forever a rebuke to us that people in the global South living in deep poverty can, can carry such effusive, explosive joy, while people in the first world West are deeply heartbroken and sad and lonely. Like, how's it working out for us? I think friendship is the great key forward into fullness and, and joy and kingdom fruitfulness. So what are the enemies of that kind of friendship? Busyness, I mean, just uh, pathological busyness. 
Um, I, I joked in the book, I, I saw a meme once that said, you know, it's Christmas time and now we're going to go to these holiday parties and say, you know, an adult saying to another adult, like, hey, it's so great to you. Great to see you. We should hang out. We keep saying that over and over until one of us dies. You yeah. know? Um, plan first. You've heard it said plan first what matters most. And so around the ranch, we chose to live life with these people. We love these people. We're, we, have a, we try to have a monthly dinner, and we gather, and we catch up. How are you doing? And we move from house to house, and how are your kids? And, and we find ourselves really rich with those kinds of regular rhythms. Um, um, I, I think our idolatry to uh, acquisition we, we want to just, we, again, we don't know that being rich is, is being rich in social capital. And so we're chasing capital capital and thinking we'll be happy. And Jim Carrey, you know, hilarious comedian, um, he, he went on a journey. He was making $25 million a movie. He bottomed out. His life fell apart. He went into, I mean, he, he almost quit. He almost quit on life. And he came out of that and has been on his spiritual journey. And he said, I wish all of you could be rich and famous and do everything you desired so that you could see that it's not the answer. Mm. And uh, so our busyness and we've got the wrong target in front of us. And so let's learn from our friends who, who, who know what true friendship is and find the gift. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Really, really helpful. Um, I want to talk a little bit about stability in churches and, and congregational life. So part of um, part of our value in the order of the mustard seed is that we don't want to replace local church for people. We 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 just really believe that that we are there to enhance um, and to to bring life to to everything that we carry as members of the order. We want to be able for that to enrich the congregational life where we serve and and um so talk to me about stability in church community i hope at my funeral that people say stand up on that stage and say he gave his very best to his smallest concentric circle and it's so easy because these difficult complexities, these relationships, these people who don't understand the greatness that God has put in me. But I've got friends online who do, and they're tweeting at me, and they're sending me messages, and so I'm just going to hop on a Zoom call. We're on a Zoom call today. Praise God. What a gift. And in COVID land, this was a mercy, right? But if we're not careful, we'll develop the wrong kind of muscle memory, and we'll let this be our first option instead of a supplement. And I, I think we start with our smallest concentric circles and we do our best work there. And I can change what's right in front of me. I can be corrected by what's right in front of me. Jill, you don't know if I'm being an idiot. <laughs> you just don't know, right? Yeah. My, my parents do. My children do. My wife does. My friends at my congregation, they, they're watching me every single week and some of them every single day. And they can see trajectories yeah. and they can discern patterns and they can go, Daniel, stop that. I, I, I need to just say to you, you keep doing this thing and, and you've got this regular routine of, and in the name of the Lord Jesus, quit. Like, you need to stop that. 
Those are the people who can make me a saint. Those are the people who can make me holy. The, the, the other stuff further out is, is a blessing, and we should receive it. And I praise God that I've gotten to know you and that I can hop on calls, and, we can, and your writing has blessed me. The people right here in my area code are the ones who are going to rebuke me and correct me and instruct me and improve, uh, approve me, reprove me. Uh, so... I just think we need to make sure in this moment of great technological access that we don't run from the very people who God sent to make us saints and we don't give our best energies to people who are further out in our sphere of influence. I, Jesus will not ask me on the day I come to see him face to face. He will not say, Daniel, tell me what you did about that far region of Russia that you read about one time in an article. And I just don't think he's going to ask me about that. I don't think he's going to ask me about, you know, how many, how many Zoom sermons did you preach at churches during that really difficult two-year stretch? I just, I'm, I'm almost positive he won't care about that. But he will say to me, Daniel, tell me about that single mom and her three kids that I sent to you every single Sunday at New Life Church for 15 years. Tell me, did her life get better because she was in your orbit, because Lisa knew her, because your children, instead of taking trash Christmas gifts, you guys leveraged your resources to buy them what they actually needed for the next stretch of their life. Like Jesus will want to know about those things. Mm -hmm. And so receive the blessing of technological access. It's a gift. Thank God there's a, a OMS podcast and, and be sharpened, be challenged, be chastened, be encouraged. We don't need to create false dichotomies. But ask yourself, where is your best energy going? And are you using technological access to run away from the very things Jesus wants to use to make you a saint? Press back, give your very best to your people in your smallest concentric circle and then receive the gift of people further out. It's a both and. Yeah. Daniel, that is so, so helpful. It's just for us, we just really feel the tension as a dispersed order of, you know, being planted. I I say to members in the OMS, like you are a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor, right? He has planted you somewhere and he's, he's going to grow you up and that you need to flourish in that place. And so there's that, that, that tension at one end of, yes, he's planted us in a place. And on the other hand, how do we as a dispersed order even hold some cohesion as a larger order? And how for those who are planted in very isolated places, uh, because for the most part, members of the OMS, there's like three in Tennessee, you know, and five in Texas, you know, so they're just really spread out. And so how do we even bring encouragement along the in our in our vows and our practices along that way. So so I think all of the things that you have said have just been really, really helpful for us as we we live in that tension and trying to live into that well. Um, any last words of advice for us on that? Oh, I just I look up to you. I, honestly, I there is there has been for 20 years in my awareness, there are saints out there. I met Pete Gregg 20 years ago, and I just thought, what in the world? What what in the world is this? This group of, I mean, people who will 
sell everything and give to the poor and jump on a plane and move to the furthest reaches and they pray and they fast and they go for it and they're taking care of the poor and I it it was a provocation and the OMS and this group 24 7 prayer and these people who have become my dear friends you you live in my imagination as a provocation don't get soft don't fall asleep at the wheel stay hungry stay vital so you oms friends out there don't look now but you are you are changing the story for people and uh, i'm i'm honored i'm thankful i i just am so glad to know there are saints living their pilgrimage on planet earth like you are living your pilgrimage so i want you to know you're challenging me i'm learning from you I'm, i i submit myself to your authority and i bless you so thank you for having me today and i'd love to pray yeah that'd be great thanks lord thank you for my friends the order of the mustard seed thank you for jill weber thank you for uh, the work that your spirit is doing all over the earth. You just will not leave the world alone. You won't leave the world alone. <laughs> you keep sending saints and prophets and uh, people from the wilderness with the proclamation, repent and prepare ye the way of the Lord and make straight paths for him. And, and, and I sense in this community that John the Baptist, Isaiah kind of gritty call. And Lord, it's beautiful and it's hard. <laughs> it's difficult. And so I pray for my friends who are trying to stay faithful to that call, to that vow. I pray the grace of God uphold you. I pray the strength of the Spirit fill you and surround you. I pray that your cup would overflow, that the streams of life-giving water uh, out of your belly would flow rivers of living water. And I, I just pray you'd be renewed in this time of great disorientation in this time of global upheaval, I pray that you would have peace and composure that would shock the world. I pray that people would knock on your door and say, what is different about you? I have to know who you are. I have to know what you carry. I've been watching you. So I pray for evangelistic explosion, that these lives would matter for the kingdom of God in a very significant way. So Lord, give them strength to live this vow and give them great fruitfulness. And so Lord, I pray over my friends, bless them and keep them and make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. Lord, smile big on my friends at the order of the mustard seed and grant them peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast. For more information about the Order, you can find us at orderofthemustardseed.com or on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. May God grant us grace as we follow his invitations to be true and to be kind and to go.